With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Down, set, hut, hut, hut. I love Hotel Lotion. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What a weirdo. With guest host Dan Helley from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Does the 49ers coach have a burner account? There's no official Kyle Shanahan. The fact that he is basically saying, yeah, I check Twitter sometimes after a big win or or a loss. I love it. Earlier on the show, NFL Network analyst Brian Baldinger, Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick, coming up, quarterback coach John Beck, and now sitting in for Rich, Dan Helley. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show, everybody. Dan Helley filling in for Rich, who is in Cleveland. We're going to catch up with Rich here in just a couple of moments. Joining us on the hotline right now, John Beck, former NFL quarterback for the Dolphins and the Washington football team. He was a second-round pick in that Jamarcus Russell draft, and he is now uh, one of the premier quarterback coaches in all of the land. He is coaching three guys who should be top ten picks. Uh, he's also coaching Kyle Trask, uh, who could potentially sneak into the first round. I had the pleasure of uh, catching up with John uh, a couple of weeks ago down in Huntington Beach where he trains all these guys. And he's in Michigan right now doing more work. He's all over the, the country training, guys. John, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. What's, uh, what, what's going on in Michigan? Are you, you working with NFL guys, high school guys, college guys? What's going on there? Uh, just paying a visit. One of my old coaches uh, at the Ravens is uh, now at the University of Michigan. So uh, catching up, talking quarterbacks, and then on my way now to uh, Cleveland, heading down for the draft to be with Zach and his family. And that must be so awesome for you to uh, be able to be a part of that with, uh, with these guys. Zach Wilson expected to be the number two overall pick to the Jets. And you've been working with Zach longer than, than any of these other guys. Uh, share with us how that relationship came to fruition. Well, Zach was coming out of high school. He graduated early, went to BYU. I actually met him through his uncle, who was bringing his son out to train with us. And it was just one of those circumstances where he's like, hey, my uh, nephew's uh, playing at BYU right now. He's just going to be in spring ball. I'd love to set him up with you. I think his family would really like this, and Zach would like it. And that was the beginnings of it. So this moment right now to be able to come to the NFL draft and see somebody that I've known for three years, I got to see the starting point for him in college football. We worked together before he'd even thrown uh, his first completed pass in a collegiate game. So it's been really cool to see from a starting point like that to now this unbelievable point that's going to start his NFL career. Really cool. And his story has been talked about leading up to the draft, was in a three-way quarterback competition 
uh, during COVID last year would drive down from Utah to Southern California to work with you. Um, obviously been with you for a while, as, as you mentioned, was delivering DoorDash in Utah and California after workouts just to make some extra coin. And no idea he would even be entering the draft. He was just trying to win a starting uh, job again and, and have a good season. And you and I talked about this on my podcast. At what point during the season did you realize this this kid could not only be entering the draft this year, he could be a first-round draft pick? I want to say it was after those first like three to four games I think the national buzz just really picked up because west of Texas, nobody was playing football. So here you have BYU with an ESPN contract. Uh, all of their games were on prime TV on Saturdays. And so the whole entire country's getting to watch Zach go out there and just make these spectacular plays and finish games. Sometimes he was like 23 of 26 for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Like he threw more touchdowns than he had incompletions. And all of a sudden it's like the whole nation's saying, well, wait a second, who's this guy? And I want to say it was after game four, something like that, that uh, Mel Kuyper put out his top five quarterbacks for the NFL draft. And I think Zach came up at, like, number four. And I remember having conversations with his dad saying, this is legitimately going to happen because Zach's going to keep playing well. This buzz is going to keep growing. And if he's already on this list right now, it's going to be really difficult for him to go back to school. He's just He's really talented. He's put in all the work. And I remember his dad being like, I, I don't know if it, like, it, like we, we didn't plan on this. Like, I don't even, I wasn't expecting to have to make a decision. And I remember the conversation going, this decision may already be made for you just because the position Zach may be in going into this draft. Dan Helley filling in for Rich Eisen, talking to uh, former NFL quarterback, Nat quarterback coach, uh, one of the real best quarterback coaches out there, John Beck. Uh, we're discussing Zach Wilson, who's expected to be the number two overall pick to the New York Jets. This is a, a Utah kid uh, who, who wanted to go to Utah, ends up at BYU. He's going to go to the Big Apple, and he's going to have to be the savior. That's what they're going to expect him to be. He seems very, very dialed in, have a great head on his shoulders. But I think, John, as you know, that that's culture shock for anybody that hasn't been in that situation before. You know, you were a second-round pick. You went to Miami, you played in a big market in Washington. They have you to lean on. How, how have you advised him in terms of how to handle this process? Well, I think I would remind him it's a process. We've had this talk before, right? Um, just because he's picked high doesn't guarantee success. There's a lot of people that are picked high, and they're, they're talented. They're qualified to be that high pick, and there's a lot of reasons why it should equal success. But it's not guaranteed like that, especially in the NFL. Um, getting picked high gives you an opportunity to, for a team to develop you, right? It, it buys you a little bit of time. You still have to go out there and make plays on Sundays. Uh, you still have to find ways to win the tight ball games, and it's at the highest level of competition. Pro football is the toughest because of the level of competition on the field. There's so many great athletes. The wins are usually by such narrow margins. Each play has such an impact. Quarterbacks can play an efficient game, and that doesn't guarantee victory. Uh, all that efficient games do is give you a chance. And everything comes down to wins and losses. It's a high-stakes game in the NFL where a lot of times people's jobs are on the line. And because of that, the pressure mounts, the expectations mount, and it can be a difficult environment to play in. Because of that, all the things that I just described, to some ears listening, that may seem daunting. 
to other people, like what I believe Zach Wilson is this type of person, it is a challenge. I believe most of the men that are in the NFL are men that love challenges. Same with the coaches. They love the challenge of things, and it excites them, it motivates them, it drives them. So really what going to the New York Jets is, is it's a challenge, and there's going to be a host of uh, adversity. There's going to be a lot of things along the way that he's going to have to adapt, grow, learn new tools, sharpen his tools that he already has, like go back to the drawing board after a loss. That, that's all going to happen. And what you hope for and you cross your fingers for is that during all that crazy ride, there's good development, there's good consistency, and all those things grow to a place where then the New York Jets get to turn this thing around and make a playoff run. And that's when it gets really exciting. You also work with Justin Fields, who going into the season, seemingly the consensus number two quarterback uh, in this draft. Zach kind of bumped him from that spot. And now Fields, where he lands, might be the biggest question mark in the draft. It could be anywhere from, let's say, Atlanta to who knows. And you've worked with him for a while. What, what, what is his best trait? And are you surprised that so many people are attempting to kind of poke holes in his game? I'm not surprised that they're poking holes. That's the name of the game at this point uh, in the process. When somebody enters this thing already really high, all the things that have already pushed them high have already happened. So the only thing that's left to do is to poke holes and find reasons of why a guy shouldn't be high. It's kind of funny how that works sometimes. You have like these late risers and late fallers. Well, the guy hasn't changed, right? Everything that made him high at the beginning, has that all gone away? No, it hasn't. So they poke holes at him. And sometimes these guys that are called late risers, they really haven't done something to make the rise happen. It's just maybe people have investigated him a little bit more and been like, oh, wow, this was always here to begin with. So I don't think there's been any reason that Justin shouldn't still be considered a top pick. I've said that a number of times on a bunch of interviews that I've done. His best quality, I believe, is demonstrated in that Clemson game. He went out on the biggest stage, and in that moment he delivered an amazing game, and he did it playing through an injury. You want to talk about what NFL quarterbacks have to do? That's it, right there. You only get to play one game of the year perfectly healthy, the first game of the year. After that, most NFL quarterbacks are dealing with something. I can't tell you how many years Drew Brees played with something that nobody knew about, and he was playing through those all of the time, and that's why other quarterbacks have a lot of respect for guys like that. Phillip Rivers played uh, a playoff game with a torn MCL. Uh, You have to do that to be an NFL quarterback. So I just look at what Justin did right there. That's the epitome of an NFL quarterback finding a way to succeed late in the season. And to me, that's his biggest and best quality. And that's why I think teams should definitely be paying attention to him. And he's still up there for that third pick. I don't know who the third pick is going to be. Um, I know that they've investigated three guys. They've done a lot of homework on those three guys, and they're going to make a pick tomorrow night. But I think he's definitely worthy of that pick, as is those other guys. It could be the fourth pick. It could be whoever trades up. He could go a bunch of places, but I do think as a football player, he's done a phenomenal job through his playing days, and he's done everything right since his last game. That third pick, of course, belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. They traded two firsts and a third to move up from 12 to three for that pick. And all indications and reports out there are that they're leaning heavily towards Mac Jones. Also, uh, they have investigated Justin Fields, as you mentioned, and Trey Lance, who you have also worked with. It is an unbelievable stable of talent at the quarterback position that you've worked with this year. When it comes to Trey, and this was reported out there, so we're not breaking any news here, but Kyle Shanahan wanted him to work with you. So however that was that information was was transferred or translated, 
you ended up working with Trey Lance. How was that uh, relationship been, and what do you see working with Trey Lance for the couple of weeks that you have? Well, first off, I've been super grateful for the opportunity to work with all these guys. A name that was left off there was Kyle Trask, um, who's also a guy that could sneak into the first round, and KJ Costello. All those guys, regardless of draft order, I feel tremendously best blessed to be in that position to work with that caliber of guys and to be around them as they go through this journey. The draft process journey is one that they've looked forward to their entire life. So I just feel it's a humbling experience to get to have those guys, and I love the challenge that it is for me to try to help guys that are already on that level become better. It's why I love my job and the work we do for pros. Trey Lance is an exceptional uh, talent. He's going to bring a lot of things to the table. I know that everybody's already talked about it before, right? The limited games, playing in North Dakota State, all of those things. I'll tell you what he does bring to the table. He brings to the table this energy and eagerness to improve. He brings this uh, great skill set. He's a big dude. I had no idea how big he was. He walks out on the field, and I'm going, good crap. I didn't realize watching tape of him how big he was, and he's athletic for how big he is. He's a smart guy. You get on the field and you talk through things with him. It shows the way that he played within his system, the way that he navigated and controlled the things at the line of scrimmage in terms of protections, changing plays. He understands really well why the coach called the plays. That's another trait that I've described in Justin Fields that I think is a standout trait of his. He knows why Ryan Day was calling plays, and he recognized when an opportunity for that shot was there and he was able to deliver on it. Trey has that ability. I think there's a, a, a reason why guys are intrigued by somebody coming from a place like North Dakota State because what he brings. And I know that there's intrigue, right? Uh, the 49ers have absolutely done a lot of homework on Trey. He could very well be the pick. Um, and uh, I think if he is the pick, I know people may say, well, what has he done? Okay, it's not just about what he's done in college. Like, he showed enough. He put together an undefeated season. Yes, he could have thrown the ball a little bit more, but when you're winning every single game, why do you have to go out there and throw the ball more? Some people may be critical and say, well, that game that he got to play this year didn't look like how it should. Okay, say that. Not every single game in a quarterback's you know, career is going to look exactly how it should. The dude I know firsthand battled back from a lot of things to even just get that one game. He fought hard for his team. So to me, it demonstrated leadership. And all these guys, I can tell you, yeah, of course you're going to poke holes there. And that's valid. And all those quarterbacks know the second they put on a jersey that has the NFL logo on it, that's going to happen for the rest of their career. Whether it's a good or bad performance, if the outcome isn't a win, people are going to poke at them, poke at them, poke at them. That just comes with the territory. But I love so many of the things that Trey, Kyle, Zach, Justin, all these guys bring to the table. You have so many relationships uh, around the NFL. When you were in Washington, you played on uh, Mike Shanahan's team. Kyle was the offensive coordinator. You had Matt LaFleur who was there. Uh, you also had Sean McVay who was there. Your phone has been ringing off the hook from coaches and general managers around the National Football League. These quarterbacks and their agents hire you to train them to get them prepared for the next level. How do you balance out when these these coaches and GMs are calling you for an honest assessment uh, on the quarterbacks that you're working with when you're hired by these quarterbacks to work with them? How do you balance that out? So I have a long-standing relationship with those coaches, and they're going to trust the feedback that I give them. And I have to, I have to give the real feedback so that it's always credible. Um, I can't sugarcoat things to the coaches. And here's the main reason why. If that coach drafts that person, I want them to know exactly who they're getting, right? Positives, things they got to work on, things that like maybe they that need to be enhanced. I'm going to give them the reality of who that person is that they're drafting because I believe – 
reality gives you the best chance for growth. I believe that this is just a thing across all human uh, growth and development. When you're looking at yourself from a perspective that is not real, you limit your ability to grow, right? Why is feedback so important? Because within the feedback you get, it's usually an outside source giving you real feedback that you may not see yourself. A lot of the times in life, we hear these things called blind spots. I need somebody to make me aware of my blind spots, right? So maybe this agent who is super high on this draft pick, they pick them, right? And they would love to only have all of the, the, the great things be shared about them. But the reality is I'm helping both the player and the agent by giving the coach the reality of who that player is. Because if that coach drafts them, I don't look at it that if I share something real that, oh, my gosh, what if that guy doesn't take them? What if that guy does take them and doesn't know those things? He thinks he's getting something else. And I don't want that coach to think that, and I don't want the player to have that expectations on his shoulder that he's supposed to be something more than what he really is because that's been trying to be too perfect. He has to know exactly who he's getting. So I share that with the coaches, and I think that that's why – they respect my feedback because I'm not going to just give them some fairy tale of, well, here's all the great things about the guy and you should just go draft him. No, no, I'm going to tell you all the things that if you do pick him, here's exactly where he needs to grow. But if you do pick him, I'll also tell you why the reasons I believe he can succeed. I think that's so on point. Dan Helley filling in for Rich Eisen talking to former NFL quarterback John Beck, who is the quarterback coach for five quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft, including Zach Wilson, including Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Kyle Trask also on that list. Uh, KJ Costello out of Mississippi State on that list as well. 32 teams in the NFL, 32 teams involved in the draft. How many of those teams out of 32, John, have reached out to you to ask you questions about the quarterbacks you're working with? Oh, my gosh. I haven't kept track. You know, the tough part for me is on all those pro days, every single pro day that I go to, uh, the majority of teams are in attendance. And really, it's the teams that you know are potentially going quarterback, right? So they have, like, their offensive coordinator, their quarterback coach, their GM. I'll see those guys at the pro day. Then they'll reach out to me afterwards. Or there's some teams that, like, hey, a certain coach couldn't be at the pro day because of the numbers, but he still wants to talk to me. So I don't have, like, a list. And it's not necessarily about the 32 teams and the number of those guys. It's more about the the teams that are potentially looking at quarterbacks. All of those teams that are potentially looking at quarterbacks um, have reached out. Oh, there's only one team that I really don't have a lot of strong ties to, and that's the New England Patriots. Um, I only hear about stuff. I don't talk to anybody specifically uh, within their building. And, uh, you know, a lot of it has to just come down to ties. Maybe there's people that are already in their guy's corner, those quarterbacks' corner, like connected to the agents that have ties there. That's like the only team within those quarterback teams that are looking at guys that I haven't spoken to this year. John Beck, quarterback coach for three potential top 10 picks. Kyle Trask, who could sneak into the first round. He also worked with Justin Herbert, uh, still does. Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan. The laundry list of quarterbacks that you work with is unrivaled, and he has become uh, one of the very best quarterback coaches in the game right now. John, good luck in Michigan the rest of the way. Dan, can I add something there real quick? Is that okay? Absolutely. Hey, like anytime somebody mentions the quarterbacks that we train, I feel like it can't go without saying the guys that I work with. At 3DQB, it's more than just me. On a day-to-day basis for the last five years, it's been myself, Adam Dato, uh, and Taylor Kelly. We are the team of 3DQB. So, you know, I can't do an interview where we say all these guys that we work with because my partners, they also run point on so many of those guys. Absolutely. Adam Dato is the point man. For so many of those guys, the Matt Staffords, the Matt Ryans, you know, the, the Carson Wentz, all those guys, 
that's that, like that's Adam. He's an incredible coach. Does an amazing job. Doesn't get to do all the interviews like I get to do because of my ties to the NFL. And Taylor Kelly as well. I can't tell you how many guys come to us also because of the outstanding job that those guys do. And that's really the team at 3DQB. We've been able to learn a lot over the years, work with a lot of great people. That's who we are. Well, it, it's it's an amazing team. I know you've been working with Adam for a long time, and Taylor, of course, a former quarterback at uh, Arizona State. The team at uh, 3DQB is certainly doing something right, and hopefully all your guys uh, end up fat and happy, so to speak, uh, after draft night and where, where they want to go because you have a lot of guys who are going to be in – primetime positions. John, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. If you want to listen to uh, more with John Beck, an incredibly insightful interview on my podcast, The uh, the Helipod is up right now. John, thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome, buddy. We'll see you. All right. Talk soon. John Beck, uh, saw him for the first time in 10 years, a couple of weeks ago down at Huntington Beach. He was working out with uh, Mason Rudolph and Matt Barkley. Those were the two quarterbacks in on that day. He does some really cool drills. You know, the, the 3D QB guys, don't get a lot of pub because they're not big-time self-promoters. You don't see them all over social media like you see some of these other quarterback coaches. Right, right. I did not realize the stable of quarterbacks that they had. It is absolutely unbelievable. Talk the about guys three guys in the with. top ten, maybe two other first-rounders. Yeah, I mean, I knew those guys. The more I read, I, I think it was, oh, okay, so Beck's working with uh, two of these guys. Holy cow, Beck's working with Trey Lance. So that's three guys are going to go in the top end. Wow, he's working with Kyle Trask. You're talking about another potential first-rounder. And then he worked with Herbert last year. He's working with Stafford and Goff, two guys that are obviously connected by that you know, Rams and Lions trade and, and Matt Ryan. And, of course, he talked about Adam Dato and Taylor Kelly, those two guys that he worked with. So I'm glad he was able to, uh, to, uh, to get those guys in. So John Beck, the latest guest uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. And look who's coming up, calling in from Cleveland. The man himself who normally sits in this seat, Rich Eisen, we're going to get his take on what's uh, coming up in Cleveland. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's get to it uh, with the Big Lebowski. How were you introduced to that film? I ran into the Coen brothers a couple of years before that, I guess, mm-hmm. at a party, and they said, we're writing something for you. I said, oh, great, because I was a big fan of Blood Simple and some other early sure. films. And then I got the script, and I said, what? This is not, not like anything I've done. Were you were you spying and you know did you crash some of my high school parties and you you know I mean where where did this guy come from? But I, I was thrilled to to work with those guys. They're real they're real masters. They know how to do it. Was that character based on anybody that you know? Yeah, it was based on a guy named Jeff Dowd. For them, you know, mm-hmm. they they used him quite a bit. I met him. He came on the script. I didn't uh, use him too much. I really referenced. Uh, myself, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, and the script, you know. When did you realize that this film would become, in many ways, a, of, yeah. it's, you can't even call it a cult. It's it's a classic. It's just oh. a flat out classic now. Yeah, yeah. For the uh, big Lebowski, I was surprised because we had a great time making it, and we were all you know laughing and you know thinking, oh, you know, this was a fun movie. We didn't think it was going to be anything like it was today. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised when it first came out and did nothing. It was like, you know, kind of a bomb. And then it uh, played in Europe, and they got it. And then it splashed back over uh, on our shores, and, and it, you know, he grew to become well, what it uh, is. As one of our colleagues on this show has a friend who went to a, a Lebowski bar oh. in Iceland. Oh, yeah, got yeah. We, got these, we have uh, Lebowski Fests. Um, I've been to one. I played with my band at a Lebowski fest. <laughs> that was my Beatle moment, man. You know, can you imagine? <laughs> the dude! Ah! Playing to a sea of dudes and bowling pins <laughs> and, you know, moms. It's totally surreal. Oh, my God. It is like a psychedelic journey in itself right but there. Basically, it's just it's just such a great movie, executed so well. And uh, like many um, masters... Uh, you know, the Coen brothers make it look like it's just nothing has fallen off a log. Yeah. Know? But when you really look at it, man, it is executed yeah, so brilliantly. Well, they're geniuses. I mean, for Raising Arizona, we could go on and yeah. on about Roger the films. Roger De- uh, Deakins, the you know, cinematographer, did such a beautiful job. And you're not, you don't think of it as, you know, thinking of a movie that, uh, you know, is shot beautifully. But if you look at that movie... But the camera is right just where you want it. It's nothing showing. There's no showing off. It's just everything is just right. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Helley filling in for Rich, who is in Cleveland, getting ready for the NFL draft, which starts on Thursday. All kinds of quarterback talk we've been having today. Just had John Beck, quarterback coach, for three potential top 10 picks on the Rich Eisen Show. Gave us some tremendous insight into each and all of them. Rich is joining us now uh, live from Cleveland. Rich, I'm hoping the weather's going to be fantastic for you guys. I've I've heard there might be some stuff going on there. What, What are we looking at? 
Well, Dan, I've got. Um, hey guys, um, hey, I've got. Uh, job, man, hey, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I miss you guys. Is Del Tufo? Is, is he actually working today? No, no, no he's, he's off. Uh, oh, when the boss is away, God. the boys will play. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, but I'm doing. I'm doing uh, the mock draft show. Uh, DJ Daniel Jeremiah was on our show yesterday, and um, and uh, tonight is the the mock draft at eight Eastern time. Uh, but at five bells local time here in Ohio, we're getting a a, a call from uh, NFL Network production to see if uh, we have to call an Omaha an Audible and do the show from me and DJ in a uh, um, a radio booth in the stadium, and then Charles and Kurt Warner have to go to the Science Museum set that they've got set up because a lightning storm may hit the area um, right when we're going on the air. Oh, boy. It is, it is an awful weather system coming into uh, Ohio that definitely 100% chance of rain for the draft tomorrow. It is going to be a waterlogged Oof. first round. So I guess if you're all about hair... Uh, it's a good thing Trevor's not going to be here tomorrow because it would be a very bad hair day for Trevor Lawrence based on the weather. Well, the, the, the good news, Rich, is you're in the clear in that department. You know what I mean? You know what, Dan? You know, I know you got the dimples sitting in my chair and all that stuff, but a little respect. That's true. Should, a respect shouldn't ruffle the feathers but, of the, of the yeah, man who is kind right. enough to have we you We're all in. about the brotherhood. We're all about the brotherhood. You know, uh, it's, and, and again, uh, uh, out of all the uh, studio hosts nominated for the Emmy this year, uh, Rachel Nichols is the only one with hair. So the Brotherhood <laughs> had a hell of a run. Um, but yes, it's going to be a very nasty uh, weather day, but uh, it's still going to go down outside. They're all set to go. Uh, the commissioner will be here. I'm told that I'm interviewing him tomorrow uh, in his green room. And they did, in fact, God bless the NFL for the commissioner's green room, they did bring the same Barker lounger chair from his basement <laughs> that he did the draft in last year. So I'm told that that's what he'll be sitting in when I interview him tomorrow. Oh, that's great. So that'll be, uh, that'll be tomorrow. Well, there, so. there, there certainly rich is, it's the best reality show on television and there are so many storylines, um, none more, uh, important and, uh, bigger than the quarterbacks, obviously. And there've been years, rich, as you remember, I remember the Johnny Manziel draft, where there was a lack of kind of quarterbacks and you know all the pre-draft shows we had to make sure that we got Johnny Manziel in there because that was a big storyline as you, as you know that's not the issue this year you you will be talking you'll be quarterback heavy in the top 10 we we may see a draft like we've never seen before that is correct you know and there there's no doubt like with as you know the phrase that pays on our show uh with all due respect uh, which now allows me to be disrespectful. Um, the anytime a defensive end or a left tackle is the top pick in the draft, you just cannot compare it with a draft that has a quarterback at the top or two quarterbacks at the top, or in this case, three quarterbacks at the top. 1999 being the last time that happened, and there's never been four in a row. Um, and, you know, uh, interestingly enough, the Trey Lance uh, is truly the choice of the 49ers, is gaining more steam since I've walked um, into the, uh, the draft city, um, and Justin Fields as well. Um, you know, so we're hearing all about that. Um, everybody that I'm speaking to here believes Kyle Pitts is the choice 
for Atlanta, fourth overall. Um, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're wondering how many defensive players will go in the top ten. Uh, is essentially, you know, I, I, I doubt that number even cracks, you know, two. Uh, there'll be, I'd be stunned if three defensive players went in the top ten. Um, and, you know, there's only been one case of one defensive player going in the top ten. And uh, that was 1969, the year I was born. And that one player was Mean Joe Green. So at least wow. it was a, a Hall of Famer. Um, and we may rival that tomorrow night. That may actually be a record that's tied tomorrow night. Well, we know we're going to see another record that's tied in terms of quarterbacks going one, two, three. You mentioned the last time that happened was 1999. It's only happened one other time in history, and that was 71. It was Jim Plunkett, Archie Manning, uh, and Dan Pastorini. And then in 99, it was Couch McNabb and Akili Smith. And we talk about that 50-50 hit rate all the time. That's basically 50-50 right there. Those six guys, three of them were successful and three of them were not um, in the NFL. We saw a trade that just went down um, a short time ago. Teddy Bridgewater, because of Sam Darnold's presence in Carolina, traded to the Denver Broncos for a sixth-round pick. Your good buddy, Adam Schefter, uh, tweeting after Tom Pelissero broke the story, by the way. Uh, golf clap for Tom there on breaking that one. Uh, but Schefter yep. tweeting that that doesn't change Denver's approach in the draft. They could still potentially draft a QB at nine or potentially even move up, right? That's that. That's well, another one. I mean, yeah, that's true, too. Um, you know, and uh, to me, that sounds like insurance that um, all five quarterbacks could go. Um, it's entirely possible. Like if you're Denver sitting there at nine and Carolina is swearing, they're going to take a quarterback at eight and that, that, you know, to use the mantra that, you know, Hey, just because we acquired a quarterback doesn't mean we won't draft one. Um, and then you've got Detroit sitting there at seven and you're John Elway. And you think I'm definitely going to get one of these five quarterbacks and you wake up and you're like, Oh, I may not. Maybe that's one way to assure yourself of I will at least go into the season with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. I will at least have a veteran that is going to push Drew Locke. I will at least have a veteran who's also a great human that will be in a, a, an excellent quarterback room for my team. I've got that in my back pocket. Um, and also, if somebody drops or somebody can sit there at nine or somebody does accept John Elway's trade offer, then he'll go get that guy, and then I guess via Condios to to Drew Locke. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are sitting around, you know, with jobs nervous right now, and Sam Darnold could be one of them. I I just don't see that. I I, I don't know, man. I I just see Carolina having so many needs. Um, I I could see them uh, ruining your night, TJ. Uh, well, not ruining, you know, um, just upsetting your apple cart eye, and then taking Sertan. Um, eighth overall. I could see that, you know, where you've got Darnold and you've got, you know, all the receivers named Moore and you've got Robbie Anderson and you've got Christian McCaffrey and you've got Sam Darnold. Go get defensive help and go to go to work. So putting it all together, you know, it makes sense that Denver grabs Bridgewater. They at least have somebody there in their, their quarterback room to either push, mentor, or supplant Drew Locke and see what happens tomorrow night um, and see what works. You've been talking incessantly about the, the scenarios and the quarterbacks and the players. Let's peel back the curtain a little bit for 
those who are like me, who are fans of you, fans of the process, broadcasting the show, right? So it's draft day. Walk me through what Thursday is going to be like for Rich Eisen, who will be hosting all of the coverage, of course, on NFL Network. From the time you get up until you're out there sitting at the desk, wherever you're going to be, uh, in a broadcast booth because it's raining, or the original plan. Okay, uh, it'll start with me uh, popping awake way sooner than I really want to because my <laughs> children aren't here to ruin everything. Uh, and I say that uh, with the ultimate of love. Of course. Um, and the best dad ever sign. Did you keep that up there? It's right here, brother. I want to be the best dad ever, too. Yeah, it's right here. I mean, okay. that's Got it. Damn, have you no shame? That's my thing. I know, I know. I know. I know, but but, so, but you understand, like, when you're on the road and your your kids aren't here it's and I'm nice. awake way, yeah. way too soon. Um, so I'll be doing that. Um, and then just, you know, uh, puttering around my hotel room because we're quarantined. Um, I'll go, um, you know, grab some free lunch because that's what we do. In of course. And then I'll go over a whole bunch of uh, notes that I probably won't use. Uh, make sure that I have all the pronunciators down correct. Hope that it's not pouring rain. Hey, pause um, for a minute. Pause for a minute, Rich, because that that's that's such an important part of the game. Is you you have to get these guys' names right. Are there a couple that are giving you a little trouble that you're going to make sure you enunciate very clearly? No. Uh, no, and and the problem is is that um, my my issue is that whenever it's always something that's difficult for me to pronounce, uh, I just look at Brockman and make him do it. Uh, <laughs> no Brockman at the draft, you, though. Chris, do you? Uh, why don't I do this? Why don't I send Chris? Uh, yes. Why don't I send um, Ryan Leaf, who's doing tomorrow's show, or Don Bowie, our producer? Uh, a list of names and see if you can pronounce them uh, when it's time. Oh, that's great. Uh, that's a great segment. On tomorrow's show. Didn't we do that before? What do you think? I don't mean to produce the show from afar, Chris. No, this is, this, is, uh, this, this is a great segment. Uh, I mean, you're not going to be here for the Kentucky Derby post-unveiling like we normally do. Oh, that's that, always fun. Because that is this weekend as well, but... That is the birth of American Feroa, which, if I'm not mistaken, was our first Chicago draft show. 2015. Back in the day. 2015. Oh, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, I, no, I, I, but that's, as you know, we've got a crack NFL Network research staff that can help me get hooked on phonics and spell everything out phonetically. So I'll be, I'll be set to go. But in, in all honesty, tomorrow is just going to be um, just <laughs> wishing it would start. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it is such an exciting night. Um, certainly since, um, you know, it'll be a literal damper, but, uh, the, the rain I'm sure will not keep a lot of the crazy Browns fans, uh, out, um, you know, out of the, by the way, special vaccinated area that there are for fans that are coming here. Um, and so that there'll still be fans there, but it's, you know, we, we missed it last year. There wasn't in person last year. And then we at NFL network missed it last year. And we're all fired up. I mean, everybody that you know, Dan, is just through the roof. We're jumping out of our skin. And, and it's an exciting draft. And all of those quarterbacks at the top, you know, will push a lot of very talented players into the teams of this draft. Um, so I, I will be just spending much of the day just going over notes one last time, calling into this show as well, doing whatever phone calls I also need to make to – keep the, the charity run uh, coffers going 
And then I'll head over to the draft site probably around 4. The commissioner's stopping by around 5.30, or I'm finding him. And then we're on the air at 7. And then, you know, uh, uh, Brown's on the clock. Uh, I mean, the Jaguars on the clock at 8. And, um, and off we go. And then it's just you take a deep breath, you ex- inhale, and you exhale right around Saturday afternoon, early evening. I love it. And the red, Run Rich Run, uh, great idea this year. W- was that your idea to have all the, the legends come in and run with you, or, or do you want to give somebody else credit for that? No, I, I will definitely uh, share the credit with Mark Laurie, the entrepreneur and who, who you know is now tr- uh, owning the Timberwolves soon. And you know He ran with uh, Jerry Rice last year. He wanted to run um, against Jerry at the Combine, and as we walked off, the field last year he's like you know i can get more people who can donate and if you can get more um players who want to run we can make this bigger um and so when the combine got canceled it was like now what uh the network still wanted to do it i still wanted to do it mark laurie still wanted to run i'm like if you can start kicking the tires on on getting more of your donors uh I'll get things started on the on the NFL front. Tracy Perlman from the NFL, who you know, runs the NFL Legends sure. uh, community, and seven more showed up, um, and seven more of Mark Lowry's friends showed up, and we did it at SoFi two weeks ago. And you know, you're beginning to see the footage that um, that uh, that we're starting to tweet out, and and you'll see the content of everybody's run on Saturday. Um, the first cut of the piece, I'm seeing it later on today. I'm excited to see it. It'll all be out there. And uh, over 1.5 million now. So I check the I check that link uh, every now and then too. So fantastic. NFL.com/slash Run Rich Run Man. Well, it, it is uh, such, such a great thing you've been doing and continue to do. You're the only man in America who gets faster as you <laughs> as you age, which is a, a credit to you and your your training, your uh, your off the field work. <laughs> Um, hey, Rich, have a great time, man. I'm glad that it's 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 back to normal. Uh, uh, hopefully, you guys work out the weather situation. Whatever the case is going to be, everybody's going to be watching. There is no better team covering the NFL draft than your team of Daniel Jeremiah and Charles Davis and you and Kurt. Uh, can't wait to watch it, man. Thanks, brother, and thanks for doing the show today. I always appreciate when you do it, Dan. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. His 17th okay, year covering okay. the NFL many, draft. Dan? How many is that for Rich? Seventeen. Seventeen. Years. Rich? Seventeen. I think he's gone. But uh, what a what a run it has been, and it will continue to be for Rich Eisen. Jason, did you hang up fun, on Rich? Man. I did not. He hung up first. That's all right. He, <laughs> hey, he, he he is a busy I man checked. with a lot of work to do, and um, I thought that was a great point when he's like, "You just wanted to start." You know, yeah. you're looking yeah. over all yeah. these notes, and you know, as yeah. as somebody who has hosted many a TV shows over the years, and and called games, you have this huge bucket of information that you intend to pull from during the game or during the show, and you seldom use 50% of it. And if you've prepared well, you will have a lot left in that bucket at the end of the uh, the day or the show or the game. And I know Rich will. Uh, looking forward to the draft coming up and, uh, and Rich Eisen and NFL Network's coverage of that. Dan Helley filling in. We're back on the Eisen Show right after this. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. 
improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Rich Eisen Show. One of my favorite guests, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting right here. I think you are. I am. <laughs> what are you on, steroids I or something? I am actually on steroids, Brian Cranston. Last flag flying in select theaters now. We're going to have to disqualify this show because of your steroid use. You know what? I thought about that yeah. before taking that steroid. Now, wouldn't it be it. disheartening yeah. if you took the steroid and you had the best show ever? <laughs> then you'd go, oh, my God. Oh, I have to take more steroids. How can you go off the steroids? I guess that is the conundrum. Ooh. That every good thing you that know. it wasn't a great show. So good actually, for you. Actually, it, it's it's been a great show so far. <laughs> Since you and I last spoke here on this show, uh, your Dodgers went to the World Series. There was that five-hour game that went in that was insane. It was insane. I, I and I am proud to say. I stuck around to extra innings for that night. It was because I did see some people in this town, people that you would know, people that we have all seen on television. Call them out. I can't do it. Do it. I can't. You're on steroids. What the hell do you care? (laughs) (laughs) I do have that as a fallback position, do I not? But I would never do that to you. It is. Um, Your Honor, I was on steroids at the time when I made that comment. When somebody from Arrested Development got up. (laughs) Yes. But, uh. Jason Bateman, no, 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 you've no, no, been no, no, had no, no, no. in your face, Jason. There's a wow. lot of people. I'm disappointed, Jason. Will Arnett. Wow. But it wasn't. <laughs> Better call Saul now. Uh-huh. Okay. We're getting to the part. We're getting there. Where, where it moves. It's We're moving slowly. We're moving. Like Tortuga. We're moving that slowly, okay? But we're getting to the part where Walter White could show up. Are we seeing Walter White anytime soon? Well, I'll tell you this as an exclusive on the Rich Eisen show. Nice putting the mug. No, no, no. Without without the mug. There it is. There's the exclusive. It just amazes me seeing in Better Call Saul the number of characters whose demise eventually is met because of your character. Who, me? I know exactly. It is remarkable how each and every one of them eventually has to be undone. I unfortunately have that association. If I spend any amount of time uh, with someone, they end up dying surprisingly. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest you get life insurance. (laughs) Um, You know, you want to protect your family. Yeah, everything, everything you do that. Okay. Sorry.
Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Helley filling in for Rich, who is in Cleveland, getting ready for tomorrow's NFL draft. As he shared with us, sounds like they might have to make some on-the-fly adjustments because of weather. Not really going to affect the coverage, but uh, certainly they're going to be scrambling a little bit there if uh, thunder showers come in on draft net, which looks like it could be the case. Uh, Rich has a new podcast just getting started. Uh, his newest episode with Pat McAfee just dropped today. Here's a little sample. Check this out. For me, it was almost a complete nightmare. I, I mean, just we're talking, we're talking drunk, miserable, last day of the draft, seventh round is just ticking away. The Dallas Cowboys told me they were going to draft me. They draft somebody else in the fourth round. Wow. I'm sitting on a golf course with my family waiting for the call from Jerry Jones, basically. So our day was, you know, we're golfing, having a blast. There's a lot of booze on the course. We'll wait until we get the call from the Cowboys, and we'll just go ahead and turn this thing up a little bit. We knew the first night I wasn't going to get drafted, second night I wasn't going to get drafted. So we obviously celebrated being a Cowboy those first two nights. And then the third day, whenever back in the day, whenever it was the third day for like, I think, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, or fifth, sixth, and seventh, or whatever. That was the day that I was going to get drafted to be a cowboy. So then while we're on the golf course, my mom, who's normally a pretty reserved person, she's in the golf cart, and she's waiting for the party, you know, and she's the one that's updating everybody with her phone. And she actually goes, uh, and I don't know if you're allowed to use she actually goes, oh, f-. like she goes, she actually says that, right? And my mom would never do that, okay? So she would not do that. She's She's normally pretty quiet or whatever. So my dad, who I think you know pretty well at this point, you've heard about, my dad goes back there and he goes, oh, no. Right. And my dad goes, oh, the Cowboys drafted another guy. Let's get out of here. So we literally just leave the golf course. I think we're on like hole 11 or 12 maybe to go back home. And we had no other conversations with anybody really that told me they were going to draft me. So like aside from the Cowboys, I was trying to figure out what plan B was. I wasn't invited to the Combine. Uh, I I kicked in the senior bowl, but nobody was really talking to me. The Cowboys are really the only people that were talking to me. The Colts did a couple workouts, but they never told me like, hey, we're going to draft you or whatever. Then when I get drafted, pick 222 via a trade with Philadelphia. By that point, our entire house, okay, the entire neighborhood, drunk, miserable, telling stories about how the good old days when I used to kick for West Virginia, we thought like literally this was over. We thought, okay, we're completely screwed at this point. Get a call from a 317 number, pick 222. I answer, uh, hello, you know, and it gets real loud. It gets real loud. And it's, it's Bill Polian talking to me and Bill Polian's like, Hey, we just traded with the Eagles. Uh, we can't wait for you to be a Colt. And at that point, I think I'm potentially competing with Adam Vinatieri for the kicking position, for the kicking position, okay? So I'm like, long road ahead of me here. I, I don't know how this is going to go. And then he goes, like, we're drafting you to punt. And nobody really they, – they had me work out as a punter, and I thought it was always, like, kick field goals. Can you also punt if you have to? Because in college, we did the rugby rollout punt. So I would just catch the snap, sprint to my right, kick as hard as I can, and just hope it would roll. Very different than the NFL. Very different. So nobody was like, hey, you'll be a punter. So – when Bill drafted me, he goes to punt. It was like a, almost like a, oh, God. And then at that point, the TV had caught up to the news. And the house went from drunk and miserable to lit and ecstatic. We all think I'm going to kick field goals for the Indianapolis Colts. They're yelling. The whole house is pumped. The whole town is pumped. 
And uh, Bill Pullian's assistant basically goes like, uh, all right, I'm going to run through some numbers. What number do you want? I'm like, what? She's like, what number do you want? She goes, one's available. I was like, good, good. That's good. And she's like, okay, what flight? What flight do you want to come out here next week for the rookie thing? She's like, there's one at like 5.30 a.m. or whatever. I'm like, that's good. That's good. Like people are screaming. So it kind of just like came to be a hell of a party. Obviously, my entire town of Plum uh, all kind of met at this Italian joint. And we all just kind of had a, a great time. But it wasn't until the next morning we realized like, okay, now I got to learn how to f- punt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so now like we, we celebrated, you know, we celebrated it. Uh, but then we had to make it happen. And I was bad for a long time. I was very thankful for Bill Polian, who, and I quote said, I think you're athletic enough to figure it out. It's like, yeah, we're going to find out if you deserve that gold jacket or not, Bill. I guess we're going to find out. That is amazing. <laughs> is there a better storyteller on this planet I mean, than Pat McAfee? Just getting to know Pat over the years, like that sounds just dead on how I imagined his draft day and draft night went. Incredible. Incredible. Just a drunken fest of, <laughs> of course, you know, uh, Southern Pennsylvanians and West Virginians and just going nuts. And then basically kind of like fudging his way through everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could punt. All right. Now let's figure out how to punt. I did not. <laughs> yeah, I did not man. realize that that he yeah, was drafted. Man. He thought initially as a kicker and then and then became a punter. to compete with Adam Vinatieri, oh, by the gosh. way, like he's going to the Hall of Fame. That's amazing. So that's that's the new episode of uh, of Rich's podcast just getting started. Uh, latest episode with Pat McAfee still in single digits, I believe. Episode eight or nine of uh, just getting started. Episode nine with Pat McAfee. So uh, all major podcast platforms. Be sure to check that out. We chatted with Rich, uh, who is in Cleveland, getting ready for the draft just a few moments ago, and uh, he said among the things that he has been hearing there is that um, there is a groundswell. At pick three for Trey Lance uh, to potentially end up in San Francisco with the 49ers. Um, as has been reported, um, there are some in the front office there who like Lance better than Mac Jones, but Kyle likes Mac Jones. I've been told that uh, five days a week it's all about Mac Jones, and then maybe two days a week Kyle's considering uh, Trey Lance. So that's going to be interesting. Quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three for sure. We know that. Um, Rich also telling us that he's hearing that it does look like the Falcons, in stu- instead of picking a quarterback, are going to go with Kyle Pitts, who's probably the best player, period, in this draft, has the potential. I mean, they're talking Hall of Fame potential here at the tight end position. Could be the ultimate playmaker for Matt Ryan, who's a huge cap number uh, for the next couple of years there. And you could team him up with uh, Julio Jones um, and Calvin Ridley uh, and uh, Hayden Hurst at tight end. I mean, that's you're, 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 you have some guys who can that, be some playmakers. offense here. could be nice. Yeah, no, that's, that's going to be sweet. Um, also, if you want to hear more from John Beck, you can check out my hell, my podcast called The Helipod, uh, also available on all major podcast platforms. A deep dive into all the three quarterbacks he's been working with, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson. Some interesting stories from his playing days as well. He was a second-round pick out of BYU, went to Miami, was supposed to sit and learn. He was a backup quarterback there and uh, thrust into uh, starting a few games for a 1-15 football team and and reemerged a couple of years later uh, with the Washington football team for Mike Shanahan. So a very interesting podcast there on the Helipod. NFL draft coming up tomorrow, guys. Oh. I am uh, I am pumped to say the least. What is going to be uh, your viewing uh, situation for the draft? That's a tomorrow? great question. You know, on things that I deem to be important, 
uh, I, I sometimes like to watch in my house on my own. Yes. But I, I also sometimes like being with my guys, too. So I might swing down to a place called the 900 Club. Oh, I've heard of that place. In Manhattan Beach and check that out with some friends. But uh, either way, I will be watching from start to finish yeah. all of the coverage, bouncing around from Rich and the guys on NFL Network to checking out ESPN to checking out ABC. It's going to be awesome. NFL Draft coming up tomorrow. Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich tomorrow. For now, it's Dan Helley saying goodbye.